2: BBC and the Washington Post are reporting this morning that Anwazi is a native of Kuwait. ...who grew up in a well-to-do family in West London. He's a college graduate with a degree in computer programming.
3: Part of this is visceral. Yes. We have a community organizer dealing with a commando, and they just don't, they're not on the same wavelength.
4: Young people who had come here and were Americans in, in all respects, except they didn't have the proper papers. This
0: is The Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067.
4: I actually did vote
1: for the $87 billion before I voted against it.
5: Good morning, it's 9.06 and News Radio 106.7, I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned, spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. I am so excited to be here. Momentous things are happening today. Today is the end of the most amazing technological development of your lifetime. No, not the space shuttle. What a piece of crap that was. (laughs) Terrible. The most efficient machine for killing human beings devised for transportation. It was horrible, horrible. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. What is the greatest technological change in your life? No, ma'am, it's not the battery-operated device in the bottom drawer. It's the interwebs, the internet. What has been better? Thank Every morning I say, thank you, God, that Al Gore invented the internet for the rest of us. Thank you so much. He sat there and he invented the internet so he could send his copy of the screenplay to Love Story to his a publisher and so the internet magnificent world right down today february 26 2015 the end of the internet president obama will kill the internet today the three democrats on the five member fcc commission are going to turn the internet into one of your favorite things ever in the whole world the old phone system before competition do you remember those days remember when you and and, and for those of you who are under 30 you're not going to believe this People used to not make long distance phone calls because they had to pay for long. I know you said what people used to not call their grandma. Husbands used to not call their wives because they couldn't afford. We're going to go back to the glorious days of government oversight telephone on your interwebs. Isn't this great? So we're definitely going to talk about that. and You're going to get the natural truth on net neutrality, et cetera. That's today. Another huge day today. John Kerry announces everything's great. Everybody's safe. We are safer today than any time in history. At least I think that's what he said. They had to cut away to coverage of the three wannabe terrorists they just caught in New York City while he was saying that. And then when they came back from that, they had to cut away to the 221 Christians who are being held as hostages by ISIS terrorists. But trust me, safer than ever. Better than new. Much, much better than new. Uh, But before we do anything else, I want to dedicate... Today's show, you know, every every so often I dedicate the show to some specific group, people, whatever. Every day I dedicate my show to people who actually work for a living and pay the bills. And for those of you working moms and dads, if you live in Gwinnett County, the Gwinnett County Schools got your back, baby. Let's hear it for Gwinnett County Schools. Yes, bravo, way to go, made the right call, pro parents. Anti winer Gwinnett County schools are open, bitch! Absolutely, I'm so. I mean, I'm. I'm going to tear. I, I'm going to tear up. I, after weeks of stupid storm insanity, Gwinnett County this morning across Georgia, Gwinnett County did something that apparently nobody else does. They read the damn thermometer, and they saw, hey, look at this. Now, freezing is down at the bottom of the 30s, right? That's like, and the roads are warmer than the air, right? Oh, so, and they put the math together and the schools are open. And I'm going to read you some tweets from some very grumpy students, very angry students. What I didn't see a lot of on Twitter, and my Twitter handle, by the way, is I am Graham. I forwarded some of these tweets out. They're not family friendly. I have to warn you, some of the kids, uh, they certainly have expansive vocabularies. I will say there's a gentleman named Richard. They're all very fond of referencing. At least I think that's who they mean. See, shorter, shortened version, the nickname for Richard. Uh, Gwinnett County Schools. Students are angry, screaming threats. One guy posted a photo with a gun, a student, posted a photo with a gun on it because he had to go to school today. You know what? I'm glad that Azuipay had to go to school. Good for you, Gwinnett County. If you're lucky enough to be a parent who lives in Gwinnett County, guess what you got to do today? You got to go to work if you're lucky enough to live in gwinnett county guess what you got to do today you got to not pay a babysitter or not pay your after-school provider that you know additional bonus payment to cover a full day if you are lucky enough to be working for a living and paying taxes for a change for today in that one little corner of georgia the government got your back and i'm just very very grateful to that And and, and, and I, I want to give you the chance at 844-404-1067 to give a shout out to Gwinnett County. Or if you are one of those frustrated students and you've got your cell phone handy and you're going to violate school rules, that's you feel free to do so. Uh, here are a couple of the Gwinnett e- emails. Emily, that's Emily Miranda 678, as she's known on Twitter. Gwinnett School's. If I kill one of your irrelevant students because of no sleep, just want you to know you did that. Now, why doesn't Emily have any sleep? Uh, Another uh, tweet from a friend of hers. uh, I was up all night waiting to see if the schools were closed. Now I'm exhausted. It's your fault. Why did you wait up all night? The students are actually complaining that they stayed up until three o'clock in the morning to find out the schools closed. And it's the school's fault. And now they're having to go to school and they're tired and they're going to kill somebody. Uh, and what was wrong with the original plan of just going to bed like at a normal time and doing your homework like at a normal time and then getting up in the morning? And then you find out, Hey, I get to go back to sleep. Oh, no, no, no. It's Gwinnett County School's fault. Um, Jorge Ortiz says this message to Gwinnett Schools. You're an effing Richard, but shorter. F you and your wannabe unique self. And there's a photo of crying faces and a teen with a gun pointing towards his, you know, moving it towards his head. That seems very, very reasonable. Uh, When he was invited by our friends over at uh, Rock 100.5, who spotted his tweet to call in and chat about it. Suck a big all. And then there's this reference to this Richard gentleman again. I don't understand what that is about. And this list goes on and on. Students. Angry, screaming, yelling! How dare Gwinnett County schools be open today? How dare you? Don't you know we're gonna die? And then my favorite: uh there was a wreck in Gwinnett County, and so they posted a photo of the wreck, and there was a school bus nearby there. And uh, we're gonna go now to uh, Greg Talmadge in the Haviland Special Traffic Center. Greg. Of course, there's never, ever been a wreck in Gwinnett County during rush hour, right? <laughs> this is, a, is this the first? First time ever. And never, ever. A collision never. of any kind never. between 6 and 9 in the morning in Gwinnett County. <laughs> never. Well, give us a, By the way, uh, coming in this morning at 5.30-ish, as I do,
0: yeah.
5: I did my usual speed, 80, Sure. down 400, and yeah. a big pickup truck with monster tires blew past oh. me in the left lane, going wow. even faster. That's, those are my road conditions this morning. How are we doing out there?
0: Michael Graham now. The camera at noon on News Radio 1067. This is the natural truth on News Radio 1067.
5: It's 918. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show. Welcome to the show. So glad you are here at 844. Four zero four one zero six seven. If you're a, a working Gwinnett County parent and want to celebrate the fact that they're open today, give me a call and give the school system a shout out. If you're horrified by the map that I've posted on my Facebook page, Michael Graham Show is the Facebook thingy, uh, which shows the sea of blue counties, all schools closed, and then there's this one little island of reason, one little unclosed school district in. The Blue Sea, and it's Gwinnett County. If you're angry and frustrated about it, feel free to give me a call on that as well at 844-404-1067. You are welcome. This is why we do it. This is why it's Atlanta's largest diner table. I've told you why I think it was great, because I want the government working on behalf of the people who work for a living and pay the bills. I also drove in today and saw what so many people saw is wet roads. It was just wet. Wet happens. Even snow. I mean... Look, we don't drive on snow much, but, you know, it's not, uh, you know, Satan's – what is it? The devil's dandruff? Was that from the bit from Saturday Night Live? You know, it's not Satan's, uh, you know, uh, counterattack. It's not a sign of the apocalypse. You can drive on snow. It's okay. You slow down a little bit. It's not a big – all over America, people drive regularly in snow. Now, sometimes you have bad snow. And like, like last year, we had ice, crazy ice, two inches of ice. That's all – but with just snow, it's – my point is, it doesn't have to mean a total shutdown. Life generally can go on. Uh, so, Gwinnett County made, they, they start looking at the, let's see, how many snow days do we have? How far into the summer are we going to have to push? Do we want to be in a situation like some of the northern most counties where they're talking about Saturday school? Is that what you want to do? Or maybe, crazy idea, we act like it's, you know, the temperature. We act like it's the world and we just. Go to school. That's a crazy, crazy idea uh, that is absolutely beneficial to parents, if no one else. And so that's why I want to give you a chance to react to it. You know, I uh, lived in D.C. for, I guess, was it three years? And then moved from there to Boston, was there about eight years. So more than 10 years in places where snow happens. And, of course, Boston's crazy. And I'll admit it, I'd gotten jaded about snow. Having grown up in South Carolina where I was one of those people who, as a kid, you did all like the snow, like wear your hats upside down or put it in your pajamas inside out or stand on your head or whatever, you know, whatever the uh, uh, the uh, mantra was, the snow dance, praying that there would just be, you know, an inch of snow outside. I was that kid. And then I went and lived in a place there's snow all the time. And I kind of forgot that. Yesterday afternoon when the big honking flakes were falling and it was I mean, it was that postcard in your mind that you want of snow. There's a little bit of dusting on the, on the grass and big honking flakes of snow were falling down. My neighbors on the cul-de-sac in Sandy Springs, their two kids. One's like I'm four-ish and one's like two-ish. Literally had their faces pressed against the glass. It was the scene out of the movie. And they're just looking
0: at the snow. Like, Wow.
5: And it was like they were watching Disneyland happen in front of them. It was a fireworks demonstration just right in front of them. And they're just looking. And every once in a while, their hands would start flapping because they're so excited. Look at the snow. And there wasn't even any. It was just the dusting. It didn't matter. There was snow. And then the next house over, the kid, his mom is from somewhere in South America. And he was out. He was a little older, like 10, 11. He was doing the catch the flakes on your tongue. And he's hopping around. It was like Linus and Lucy and Charlie hopping, trying to catch the snow on the And I'm standing there with my dog, who's also freaking out by the snow because it's a puppy. He's never seen snow before. And so he's flopping around the snow and the kids are looking at the dog and they look at this dog, they're flapping their hands. And And it all came back about how cool it is when you grow up in a place that doesn't have snow, how cool it is when you're a kid to have that snow. And all my 10 years of jadedness just washed away. I was as excited for those kids as anyone else. It was great. It was so fun just to watch it and watch it fall fun thumbs up fun a reminder of what i was like when i was a kid in lexington county south carolina so i i buy that i get that etc and at the same time the next day you get up and you go to school and that's why i want to give gwinnett county that shout out at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. uh coming up in a few minutes uh grover norquist with americans for tax reform is one of the leading anti-tax hike fighters in the country He uh, issues every year a no tax hike pledge for politicians to sign. And then he tells people through his group, ATR, who signed it and who didn't. A lot of Georgia Republicans signed the no new tax pledge because they wanted to get elected or reelected in 2012 or 2014. Well, now here it is in 2015. And guess what they're working on under the Golden Dome? They're working on a tax hike for you. And one of the ideas they have for a tax hike is uh, to raise gas taxes by about a dime. And this is a very shaky figure because they keep fudging how they're going to do it, whatever. We don't have a final version yet, but raising tax gas taxes about a dime. And you may think, oh, Michael, look at these roads. We need a dime in taxes. You may think that the uh, dot, because of all of its budget cuts and all of its shrinking federal dollars, needs this tax hike. Well. There has been no budget cut at GDOT. G dot is spending more money today than they were spending 10 years ago by about 27 to 30 percent. They're spending more money today than they were five years ago by about 30some percent. GDOT's money flow of cash has not been going down as a net. It's been going up, and I've tweeted out the numbers yesterday. So uh, G- Grover Norquist has been embarrassing local Georgia Republicans by pointing out, hey, not only you guys, you signed a no tax pledge and now you're pushing to raise taxes. And they're talking about a sales tax hike. They're talking about a cigarette tax hike. They're talking about a gas tax hike. They're talking about taxing your Internet, taxing your downloaded music. For those of you who, unlike my producers, don't steal your music and you, in fact, pay the ninety nine cents for it, you'd be hit with a tax on that. So how are Republicans responding? Are they standing up and saying, you're absolutely right, Grover. You've got us on principle. This is a mistake. We took a pledge. We're not going to raise taxes. Oh, no, 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 no. They, they're prosecute. They want to prosecute Grover as an illegal lobbyist because he's telling you what your Georgia Republicans are due to try to shaft you by raising taxes. I'm not mentioning Democrats because, of course, Democrats raise taxes. That's just what they do. I just that's, that's that's like pointing out that hookers are giving away sex for money. It's, it's that's what they do. What he's pointing out is that the prom queen and the sorority girls have gotten into the sex for money business. And that's why it's news. And so Grover will be joining us in just a few minutes to address the charges that he's an illegal lobbyist in the state of Georgia and should be uh, prosecuted. 844 uh, 404 Mike in DeKalb wants to talk about the snow, the schools and the great job by Gwinnett County for staying open today. Mike, you're on the air.
6: Yeah, it's been funny listening to the tweets of these kids whining up there. <laughs> I, I live in North Cobb. We actually got about two inches of snow up there. It's mm-hmm. a little bit getting out of the neighborhood, but once in the interstate, it's fine. I'm running around Decatur right now for work, and the only
3: snow in Decatur is that which is on my car that I brought with
5: me. <laughs> uh, now you, now, can you confirm that that is, in fact, Cobb snow, and you didn't ship down a box from Boston uh, for $90? That wasn't you?
6: It is mine. It wasn't on the car when I went to bed last night. It was this morning. The really weird thing is, I'm sitting in the parking lot at Kroger on the phone in my office, and the cart guy comes up and starts cleaning off the remaining snow from like the top of the car and around the windshield wipers. You know, I could see fine. Drove all the way down, but this guy took it upon himself, barehanded, to help clean off my car.
5: What a great guy. Uh, Mike and Decap. thanks for listening. Thanks for the call at 844-404-1067. Are you a proud Georgia Republican who wants to raise gas taxes, cigarette taxes, and Internet taxes? Or are you with Grover Norquist who says no new taxes? We'll talk to Grover coming up.
1: I am Michael Graham. I actually did vote for the $87 billion before I voted against it.
5: It's 934, oh yeah, Michael Graham, that famous phrase from would-be President of the United States, John Kerry, I was for it before I was against it, may be quoted by numerous Georgia Republicans. Now that they are figuring, trying to figure out a way to pass a massive $1 billion spending increase slash tax hike, uh, and Grover Norquist at Americans for Tax Reform, who puts out an anti-tax pledge, points out, hey guys, you signed an anti-tax pledge, the response He's an illegal lobbyist who must be silenced. Here with us, you know him as the head of ATR. I know him as a repeat competitor in the Funniest Man in D.C. competition, the lovely and talented Grover Norquist. Grover, welcome to the show.
6: Uh, Michael, I am delighted to be with you. I wish you were under more pleasant circumstances. (laughs)
5: By the way, this call is being recorded by Georgia Bureau of Investigation, and any lobbying will be squelched. I want you to know that. So. First of all, tell everybody about what ATR does and the pledge that is being invoked
6: here. Certainly. Americans for Tax Reform was founded in 1985 at the request of President Reagan. And we created the Taxpayer Protection Pledge to protect the progress of the 1986 tax cut. And the pledge says, we started just talking to presidents, congressmen, and senators, I will vote against any net tax increase. Tax reform, yes, no net tax increase. Then after a while, a lot of state legislators said, I want a way to credibly tell my voters, I won't, if you trust me with power, if you give me your vote and, and trust me with power over your life, here's what I won't do. I won't raise taxes. If there's a problem, I'll reform government to make it cost less. I will not raise taxes. Because raising taxes is what elected officials do when they don't have the ability or stamina to reform government, because that's hard. That's a lot of work. There are people who benefit from the status quo. They don't want to change. The lobbyists like whatever they're doing now, uh, and they certainly uh, don't consider the taxpayers to be interested parties in this discussion. They want them to sit down, shut up, and stay out of their business, your money. So uh, then in all 57 states, uh, (laughs) we have state (laughs) legislators who've made the commitment um, to their voters, uh, Governor Deal, When he ran for governor, uh, signed a statement, not to me, not to Americans for tax reform, he signed the statement to the people of Georgia, I will not raise your taxes. I will oppose and and veto any effort to raise your taxes. So it's not like you can flirt with them. The promise is I will oppose it and veto it, and for a legislature, I'll oppose it and vote against it. That's to catch people who do things like want to vote, um... To move a bill forward or out of committee and then vote against it? The answer is no, no. The commitment that you make is that you'll oppose it. You'll do everything right. you can to stop it. Well, you could lose, but you do. are promising to do everything that you can. Exactly. We're
5: talking to Grover uh, Norquist with the uh, uh, American President of Americans for Tax Reform. So when Georgia Republicans, who are now jumping on board as fast as they can, Grover, to push through this gas-slash-sales-slash-cigarette-slash-internet-tax fiasco, whatever it's going to be, Start pushing for it. Trip Martin, a longtime lobbyist, got very upset because you lobbied these legislators. Now, what did you, what did you and your associate, Paul Blair, actually do?
6: We put up a blog post. Well, um, saying, there you go. There you
5: go, right here. there. Bullying Grover Norquist. You put up a blog post. No wonder these guys are terrified.
6: Well, the blog post says this actually is a tax increase. They, they do this little thing where they move things around between the three cups, you know, like the yeah. guys that try and cheat you on the side of the street. And and they they move them back and forth. But at the end of the day, you turn all three cups over. It's a tax increase. And uh, it is not only a tax increase immediately. It then indexes the gas tax to inflation uh, so that the gas tax will go up without governors and politicians having to actually vote. So they won't have a record five years, seven years, eight years, 10 years, 50 years from now there'll be these automatic tax increases. Now, before I moved to the United States, I used to live in Massachusetts. <laughs> and in Massachusetts, we have a – they passed a law. The legislature passed a law, like Georgia's looking to do, mm-hmm. to index the gas tax to inflation so that the gas tax would go up automatically. Uh, taxpayer heroes, citizens in Massachusetts, uh, put it on the ballot, got signatures. They have the initiative mm-hmm. process in Massachusetts. They put it on the ballot – And they voted down a massive lobbyist-funded campaign to keep the indexation. So in Massachusetts, given a chance, the people voted down indexation. In Georgia, and and the politicians in Georgia should level with the people of Georgia. The rest of the country's heading in a different direction. South of Georgia is Florida. I talked to Governor Scott a couple weeks ago. He's cutting taxes this year, $600 million total. Mm Not raising a taxes, just cutting taxes, and two billion over the next four years. Georgia wants to com- needs to compete with Florida to bring in business and investment and jobs, right. and everybody thinking, well, I would like to go where it's nice weather and and, and uh, so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia, Florida. Well, let's see. Georgia's raising taxes, and Florida's cutting them. What do you think? Exactly. We're talking uh, to
5: Grover Norquist with the Americans of Tax Reform. By the way, Grover. Uh, I was uh, one of the people who put together the stop the gas tax, automatic gas tax hike because I came down from Massachusetts in May to here in Atlanta. And uh, Holly Robichaud and her team did a terrific, terrific job on that. So you're right. Even in Massachusetts, they won't put up with what George is about to do. But I want to ask you about the charge that you are breaking state law by reminding these politicians of their pledge. What's
6: your response to that? Well, it's silly. The First Amendment is the First Amendment. Cleta uh, Mitchell, who's probably the, the smartest lawyer on these issues, uh, works with us in, in D.C. because we run into this sort of stuff all the time. Politicians do not like to be told they can't do things. They don't like citizens informed about what they're doing. They like to work in the dark of night in, if not smoke-filled rooms, at least rooms without a bunch of uh, taxpayers watching. And... So this happens all the time. It's always nonsense. Cleta Mitchell sent a strongly worded letter down to that lobbyist. I'm told he lobbies for the Atlanta Braves. So if you are a Braves fan, you might ask the ball team what they're doing, subsidizing this campaign to raise taxes on people quietly and and hiring lobbyists who shut down um, uh, discussion of politicians. You know, the idea that saying this is a tax increase, here's what it is, is somehow Taking somebody out to steak dinner and giving them, you know, free trip to the Bahamas or something, is ridiculous. It, it, it's, first but, all, it's well, well let me ask because we're running, we're running out of
5: time. time. We're running out of time, but I want to yeah. connect it to something else. You're, you, you hang out with the troublemakers in DC. The uh, FCC yeah. is about to vote three to two, three Democrats to two Republicans, to take over the internet as a government-controlled uh, service provider, like the old phone system. If it's true that simply posting something on the Internet is can be defined as lobbying, Grover, can you imagine what a powerful, pro-tax, anti-liberty you know liberty government could do with the ability to regulate your blog posts and your inter- emails and your tweets and your Twitters as
6: lobbying? No mistake. This is what they're trying to do. We just want to fight in the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, okay. Uh, where the, the bad guys, the Obama uh, appointees, wanted to argue that saying something on Twitter or on email or online saying, I like Scott Walker, right. that would be a can- or I like Obama, that would be a campaign contribution and you'd have to report it. The F- they got thousands of emails and letters from people saying, and Americans for Tax is very active in, in encouraging people to write in and say, don't you dare. They backed off. But when they try and take your freedom away and you scare them off, you know what? That's not the end of it. They will be back if we aren't vigilant.
5: You're absolutely right. Uh, Grover Norquist, thanks for the great work you do at ATR. I just, I just re- uh, appreciate the fact you're pointing out that this happens to you not just from Democrats around the country, but from Republicans. Because sometimes people get so hyper-partisan, they think the important word is Republican politician. And I say, no, the important word is
6: politician. It, it is, but in Georgia, you go around the country, Republican governors and Republican legislators are cutting taxes all over the place, with the exception of Georgia and Nevada, and in Nevada, I'm not sure they're going to be able to win. Uh, but in others, Mississippi, they just, they're voting to phase out the income tax in their um, state house. The state mm-hmm. Senate has a different plan, but both of them, they're competing plans to cut the income tax. One phase it out entirely, one cut it a lot. Um, the rest of the world, the rest of the Republican governed states are moving in lower tax direction, and Georgia's moving in the same direction as California.
5: Grover Norquist, ATR, thanks so much for joining us. And he is one of the funniest men in Washington, D.C. I've actually seen him uh, perform up close and personal. 844 404 1067 is the number.
0: Michael Graham now, and the at noon on News Radio 1067.
5: Good morning. It's 948. Ah, uh, yeah, Michael Graham. We are exactly two hours away from giving away free lunch. We do it every day in the lunch line. Rewarding you for listening to the show and sending you to Marlowe's Tavern mm, for free lunch. We are also continue to get tweets from angry Gwinnett school students upset that they had to go to school. F you, Gwinnett. <laughs> and you know, all these tweets, you know, a tweet has a name on it. I mean, it's not necessarily your real name. You can fake, you can create a fake um, uh, ID, but most of these students it's them they cuz they've posted other like pictures of themselves their girlfriends and pictures of themselves in school uniforms uh if i kill one of your relevant students because of no sleep just know you did that Gwinnett schools i love the fact that Gwinnett schools are open today i think it's absolutely great 8444041067 uh some finally on the side of the parents for a change instead of on the side of the warriors and panickers just uh thanks again to grover norquist for joining us it it is interesting. The point he makes all over the country, you've got Republican governors trying to lower taxes, trying to give you back your own money. And Georgia is one of just two states, along with Nevada, where the governor the Republican governors and legislators are trying to figure out a way to raise your taxes. And they tell me the people who are supporting this push, they tell me that you want the tax hike because you want the roads. That you're just, You don't care if your gas taxes go up a dime. You don't care if what, what they do with sales and income taxes. As long as you get the money, you want to see more roads, better roads, more money for transit. And that's, the question is, is that true? 844 404 Well, if it's true that you want it, then why are the politicians working so hard to hide the money they're taking from you? Why? Why are they doing this crazy? We're going to swap out. Right now you're paying, you know, six cents for a local spots. So we're going to take that over and put it in us. And then if the county wants to raise it another six cents, they can do that on their own. But we're going to shift the money around and we're going to hide. We're not going we're going to take the sales tax. Return, I mean, the gas tax turn to a sales tax, or take the sales tax into a gas tax. Why don't you just raise money? Why don't you say, hey, here's a billion dollars in new taxes. We're going to use it. You're going to see it out on the roads. Let's go. Why not do that? If you really support it. So this is your chance to let the Republicans on uh, in the Georgia state Capitol know if you support it. It is also interesting that on the same day you've got Washington about to take over the Internet and turn it into a, quote, public utility, close quote. In other words, it's going to stop being this private, free enterprise chaos and and creativity thing. And it's going to start being overseen the same way the old phone companies were overseeing that we are literally using a law from 1936 to oversee the interwebs of 2015. And the law of 1936 is basically an update of the railroad laws from 1880 something. So this law is 120 years old and the, uh, Uh, Obama administration is going to use it to make sure your Internet works. Okay, the same day this is happening, the same day we're regulating the Internet. A pro tax, pro big business, pro take your money lobbyist goes, hey, Americans for tax reform posted a blog posting that tells everybody this is a tax hike and it's having an effect on the politicians up here because a lot of them pledged not to take a tax hike. That's lobbying. I want that language on the internet controlled. He should have to sign a document and, and, and get a, a license to lobby before he can post that up there. Really, Trip? Trip Martin is the big-time lobbyist name. He works for some of the biggest companies, big money, you know, classic backroom, light your cigars, the $100 bill guy. Hey, Tripp, uh, Grover Norquist is posting his blog posts up at an ATR's website. I've posted my blog posts on the NewsRadio 106.7 site criticizing this tax hike as a tax hike. Do I have to get registered as a lobbyist, too? I'm on FCC-controlled airwaves right now saying, hey, everybody, this is a billion-dollar tax hike because the only way you can have a, quote, billion dollars in new revenue, close quote, which is what they call it, the only way you can have that is to raise a billion dollars. You can't have new revenue without new revenue. Are you going to crack down on me, Trip? You're going to file... Uh, a uh, complaint against me? Hey, everybody! Trip Martin is a big tax corporate hose bag who chases down your money for his clients. He wants you to pay, and he wants government officials to make you pay so his clients can have more of your money. Trip, going to send the cops over, slap the cuffs on me, take me away for telling the natural truth. I, what's the difference? Once we pass quote net neutrality in other words once we turn the internet into the old phone system and it can be regulated there is nothing stopping the federal government from saying that content is forbidden you're lobbying you're affecting uh, elections you just heard grover tell you they've already tried to do it with the election commission if you post a facebook thing that says i support a tax hike well that's a contribution is that okay that's you're going to now be. That's going to be treated like a contribution. You have to file paperwork with the Federal Election Commission because you posted, "I love whoever Governor Deal. I hate Senator Perdue. I love Obama. I hate Ron. Whatever, whatever. I don't care what your opinion is. I think you should be able to express your opinion absolutely how you want, when you want, up on the web and Twitter and Facebook and everything. Because I believe in freedom. The people who are who are going to vote today to take over the internet, they'll tell you right up front. We don't believe in freedom. Are you cool with that? What's going to happen when the stuff that you do on the web is reviewed by guys in Washington who only have two interests, one, keeping their job, and two, getting your money? That's all they care about. You think it's bad now you start a... uh, Uh, a Tea Party group and the uh, IRS shows up and starts auditing you and the ATF shows up and investigates you and the FBI shows up and does a background check all because you just started a Tea Party group. Wait until you start TeaPartyGroup.com and you've got to get permission from the government as to whether or not you can start that website. Well, Michael, that's not true. Absolutely. It's 100% true. Now, it may not happen the first day. It's not going to happen the first day. The people who are taking over the internet aren't stupid. But they absolutely have the power to decide whether what you're doing on the internet is worthy or not. And one of the things that they're targeting straight up is something called zero rating. And zero rating, it works like this. Uh, I think T Mobile has a service where you can listen to all the music you want, streaming music, and they don't count it against your data plan. So that means instead of having to buy a bigger data plan, You're getting free, you're playing your music for free. Isn't that great? And you can go to RDO and play it for free without having it go against your data plan. Isn't that fantastic? Uh Uh-uh, that's gotta be illegal because that uses up space in the interwebs and we only have so much space. And so you can't just keep giving away for free because other people aren't giving away for free or they can't afford to give away for free. And that's not fair, that's not neutral. On your system, somebody wins and somebody loses. We need neutral. So you're free, listen to music, all you want with one low monthly fee, gone. This is what we are about to do. We are watching it happen. And I'm just going, where the heck are the people we elect to take care of us? Where are the people we elect to get our backs? We are about to get shafted in Atlanta by tax hiking Republicans. And we're about to get shafted on the Internet from Washington, Washington. By power-grabbing Democrats, and who's stuck holding the bill? You, normal working Americans, that nobody gives a crap about. Good morning. It's ten oh five. on news radio one oh six seven. I uh, am yeah. Michael Graham, and once again, today's show is dedicated to our friends. At the Gwinnett County Public Schools, the one lone county of sanity in a sea of school closings blue. Way to go. On behalf of every working Gwinnett County parent, every Gwinnett County taxpayer, thank you, thank you, thank you for actually looking at the thermometer, actually doing math. Maybe somebody will send Mayor Cosimery to a Gwinnett County science class. Seventh grade should probably do it. Maybe that will. Help, it is time for us to talk about President Obama's big butt. Um, I. Why, why Why is everyone looking? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean that, like Michelle. I mean, uh, his comments yesterday, he had a town hall with illegal immigrants and illegal immigrant advocates and amnesty supporters. And he showed us just how differently the politicians view the world versus you and me. You and I think that when there's a law that that's kind of the thing, that there's the law. And even if you think the law is stupid, the law gets enforced. And you can't complain when the law gets enforced. You know, it's the law, right? That's how we see it. Well, President Obama has a big but when it comes to the law. Here he is talking to uh, hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants yesterday.
4: We're a nation of laws, but we're also respecting the fact that we're a nation of immigrants.
5: What? We're a nation of laws, but... so that big
4: but right in there one more time? We're a nation of laws, but we're also respecting the fact that we're a nation of immigrants.
5: Yes, we are a nation of immigrants. You absolutely do I don't understand what, what, what they have to do with each other. That's like saying we're a nation of laws, but we're a nation that likes pizza. Okay. And if someone were, you know, making pizza with pot in them in the state of Georgia, it would be illegal. I'm sorry to say. Uh, come on. We can't even legalize cannabis oil. Anyway, don't get me sidetracked. What, is, what do the two sentences, we're a nation of laws and we're a nation of... You know, created from immigrants. Why are they? Why did you connect them with that big butt? I mean, it is a huge, big, fat, ugly, round butt right there in the middle. I'm in. We're a nation of laws, American. I have no butt. Actually, as Soccer Boy will attest, I actually do not. I, I suffer from a disease that the Graham men are n- known for. It's diagnosed as no Yeah, and uh, so, but. I have nobody. We're a nation of laws. That's it. And we're a nation of immigrants. And what's up? And we're a nation of rich people. And we're a nation of poor people. And we're a nation with mountains. And we're a nation that's north of the equator. I mean, these are what is the connection? What President Obama is trying to say is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got your laws, but I've got political interests in rewarding race-based voters who cast their ballot based on their uh, identity and their ethnicity. See, the worst kind of voting racist votings i vote for people who do what my race wants that's why the leaders of the amnesty uh, organization or or amnesty movement should be is an organization called la raza la raza which means the race the people who look alike the people who are from the same spot and president obama says yeah we're a nation of laws but i have all these people who cast racist votes and i want them to cast their votes for my team so we're throwing out the laws we're a nation of laws but does that even mean and of course the president's doing what uh so many activists here in Georgia do what mayor kasim reed does uh he's using the phrase immigration when he really means illegal immigration because he wants people to think that there is no difference he wants people to think that michael graham doesn't exist i'm a tireless advocate of legal immigration i love legal immigration i think we should Uh, If we could end all illegal immigration, I would want to raise the number of legal immigrants. Immigration makes America work. It's great. It's terrific. Love it. All I ask is that it be legal and that we not invite criminal immigrants to steal jobs from the legal immigrants who stood in line to get here in the first place. But the president mixes those two together. Also yesterday, I I found out something else. A lot of people say that President Obama doesn't believe in American exceptionalism. That's one of the reasons why Rudy Giuliani very stupidly and rudely said the president doesn't love his country. I found out yesterday, as President Obama gave his speech targeting people based on race, that he, in fact, does support exceptionalism.
4: Young people who had come here and were Americans in in all respects, except they didn't have the proper papers.
5: He's talking about illegal immigrants that he's trying to reward with status as legal citizens. Notice that word again. They're totally Americans. They're, oh, to, to, are they here illegally? Well, they're, they're American. Anyway, the, the magic word shows up.
4: Young people who had come here and were Americans in, in all respects, except they didn't have the proper papers.
5: Except they're Americans. Except, the you know, being an American part. See, that's the American exceptionalism he believes in. You're an American, except you're not. You're an American, except you're a citizen of Ireland, a citizen of Mexico, a citizen of China, whatever, who's here illegally. So, yeah, they're already Americans, except for the fact that they're not, except for the fact they don't have the paper. And I love this argument. I love the argument that, well, Michael, what's a big deal. It's just a piece of paper. Do you know the differences between a guy making a withdrawal at a bank and a bank robber? A piece of paper. A, a, a using the president's definition that everyone on the planet is an American, except they don't have a piece of paper, is like saying every bank robber is a bank customer except he's missing his withdrawal slip. I'm no, no, no. I'm not a drug dealer. I'm just an undocumented pharmacist. Well, I'm just like a pharmacist except I don't have my documents. What's the difference? It's the same. Hey, the guy flying the plane, does he have a pilot's license? Oh, it's just a piece of paper. <laughs> Oops. So. We believe in the law and treating everybody fairly and equally, but I'm not going to because I have political and everyone in the world who chooses to break the law, come here, live illegally, cheat, steal, steal taxes, evade the rules and take jobs from Americans. They're all Americans except but and except my president has a big but when it comes to American exceptionalism.
0: Michael Graham now and the camera at noon on News Radio 1067.
5: With that big butt. I mean, it is a huge, big, fat, ugly, round
0: butt. I like big foot, I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. You know, when
5: a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your It's 1017. Ah, oh, yeah, Michael Graham. What is that big butt I'm uh, talking about? Uh, Well, uh, it's the one that President Obama presented to uh, illegal immigrants at a town hall last night.
4: We're a nation of laws, but we're also
5: respecting the fact that we're a
4: nation of immigrants.
5: But we're respecting the fact. So we're a nation of laws, but the result of this is that those of you who work for a living, those of you who have found a way to find a job in this crummy economy, those of you who are blue-collar workers who somehow are paying the bills despite the fact that your incomes have gone straight down, due to the flood of low-skill illegal labor. Uh, you're now going to be on the hook for all of the results of this big but, this uh, granting amnesty to 5 million people. Jessica Vaughn, Director of Policy Studies for the Center for Immigration Studies, joins us. Jessica, good to have you back on the show.
7: Thanks. And yeah, oh my gosh, look at that butt.
5: <laughs> I've never heard a politician say that, yeah, yeah, this is a law but. Uh, this is new to me.
7: Yeah, and then he follows with the um, with the old cliche: "We're a nation of immigrants,"
3: mm -hmm.
7: which you know the people he is seeking to protect are not immigrants in the legal sense of the term. An immigrant is somebody who's come through our legal process. Exactly, what they are is illegal aliens, of course.
5: Yeah, and it's it's very tiring on behalf of the many people who came here, whose families went through Ellis Island, and whose family stood in line, and whose family came here during World War II, and. All the uh, and had their papers and had to wait it's very tiring to hear them insulted by people like President Obama and Mayor Reed when he they say it's all the same. Sneaking over here illegally under dark of night is the same as standing in line, paying your bills and doing it right
7: right and he's talking about you know we're a nation of laws, but I'm thinking about ignoring the federal judge's injunction against my illegal, unconstitutional mm-hmm. executive actions and doing it anyway.
5: I want to ask you about something that people don't talk about a lot, which is what is this going to cost? Because now we're finding out that the earned income tax credit, which is something it's a form of workfare. We we reward people with low income jobs for working as opposed to being on welfare with the earned income tax credit. We now find out that illegal immigrants are going to be able to get that once Obama gives them their piece of paper and they're going to file for three years. We also are finding out that Other medical services, including abortion services, are going to be paid for by the taxpayers for illegal immigrants. Do you have a ballpark figure at CIS on what this amnesty is going to cost taxpayers?
7: Well, we haven't done one recently because we're still finding out all the many ways that uh, this is going to increase uh, the burden on taxpayers. But the last time we did a study looking at an amnesty for, I think it was about uh, uh, 7 million people. Um, it was going to be 26 billion dollars at least, um, because what happens is, of course, people become eligible for programs like, the, you know, like Medicaid and uh, and pretty much everything that they weren't eligible for before that they're only getting for their U.S. born children. Now, you know, the whole um, menu of benefits is open to them. But that was a few years ago, before. We have administration, you know, that has increased all the the spending on all of these sure. programs. So it's going to be much higher than that. And this business about giving people tax credits for, uh, on tax returns, they never filed because they were working illegally and, you know, they don't actually have to pay taxes. They get credits for them. It's really outrageous. It could be, according to the Congressional Research Service, in many scenarios, Something like a $36,000 payout to illegal aliens. So we're
5: talking about – we're talking to Jessica Vaughn with the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. We're talking about a $36,000 bonus for people who worked here illegally, worked off the books, committed tax fraud, cheated the system, and then they get amnesty. And so they go back for three years. They could get a $36,000 taxpayer-funded bonus.
7: That's what the Congressional Research Service said for people who that would be sort of the maximum that right. people could get, but okay so um, let's say
5: it's only twenty six thousand for some people yeah. let's say it's only sixteen thousand they're getting a, cash, a legal alien worker right, a cash reward for cheating the system, and that's just astonishing to me uh I want to ask you about what ha- what's happening in washington i I hear from so many people who are so angry they see the g o p doing what the g o p does which is Stepping on their own crank, failing, falling apart, losing this fight. People are yelling, "Why did you pick the fight in the first place?" Other people are saying they never wanted, they wanted amnesty all along. This was just for show. But they, they look like idiots. You follow this every single day, Jessica. What is really going on? Uh,
7: I think that it's a lot of maneuvering and um, just cowardice on the part of the Republican leadership. In Washington, particularly um, Mitch McConnell, and to and to a certain extent, Speaker Boehner as well, of being afraid of what the New York Times is going to say about them or something, or the Washington Post, instead of really trying to appeal to American citizens and voters who have said very clearly that they want the President's executive abuse of authority. Stopped on this particular issue on the immigration issue, and that they want less immigration, not more immigration, and they want our laws to be enforced. Uh, I can't think of any other explanation for it. They, they, you know, they, they just they're they're they feel that they're in between a rock and a hard place. You know, they're, they're friends at the country club versus mm-hmm. uh, their voters. But and Jessica, I want to ask, her,
5: but I want to ask you this, Jessica, because the president yesterday on, you know, national television doing a town hall meeting telling illegal immigrants, you're definitely coming here. I'm going to veto anything. I'm winning and he is obviously winning. He's getting what he wants. If you listen to him, you'd think this is what the American people want. He said that 60 to 70% of the American people want him to grant amnesty to illegal immigrants. Is he right?
7: Um, Probably in the poll that he took, um, you know, a carefully selected set of people who would answer a phone call from someone, you know, you can play with this polling data. If you ask uh, the question straight, what you find is that I think it's something like 70 percent of the voters want the president to stop ah. on this amnesty so it, it just well, it depends on who you ask and how you ask it
5: well the president and actually said yesterday and i'm not making this up he actually said well 60 to 70 percent of the people but they didn't vote but if they had voted <laughs> i would i'm not i am not kidding you he actually said that but if they had voted i'd have the majority on this
7: Right. So, it, yeah. If if I'm allowed to, to give them citizenship so they can right. vote, they would definitely agree with me on this.
5: <laughs> so uh, what what is it that normal people can do now that they know that the votes that they've cast in 2010 and 2014 don't matter? Now that they know that giving the Congress to the Republicans, both the House and the Senate, that doesn't matter. Now that they know that the polls don't matter. Now that they know that this is tens of billions of dollars of their money that's going to be given to illegal immigrants and rewarding them for stealing jobs from Americans. What can people do? I mean, they're frustrated. They contact me, Jessica, and they're very frustrated. What can they do?
7: Oh, I know it. Uh, That's a very good question. I don't think this is over yet. Um, We do have the court system. I think it's unreliable and, and in, you know, not the best place to fight this battle. This whole, um, you know, issue of the DHS appropriations bill is not over yet. If, the um, rank and file Republicans do not go along with the leadership's plan. It, this still could be scuttled. Um, I, I think that the president is calculating that he's already gotten what he needs out of this, and you know, it's ter- in terms of the political benefit, mm-hmm. and he's always going to be able to say, "Well, those mean Republicans stopped my mm-hmm. plan to put you on the path to citizenship." Um, but I, I don't think it is quite over yet. I think that there are still some cards to be played See, by Republicans, if they're willing.
5: I disagree with you because they've lost the argument. They've already lost the argument because they haven't gone out and made the case. They haven't gone out and explained to people, number one, we have funded Homeland Security completely. There's not a single dollar missing. We voted to fund it. The only thing we didn't fund was amnesty. And we are ready to fund DHS completely if the president will abandon illegal amnesty. But because the Democrats and the president won't abandon illegal amnesty, they are holding Homeland Security hostage. Jessica, I bet not one in ten Americans knows that that's the natural truth.
7: I'm not so sure. But, you know, one problem is, of course, that the um, Republican leadership would not go out and, you know, say those things. Exactly.
5: Or, this is a political you know. fight, and they haven't, they haven't gotten off the bench The only people in the court are the people going, Republicans shutting down DHS, terrorists are coming, the Mall of America is going to blow up because of evil Republicans blocking the budget again. And no one's standing up and saying, excuse me, we voted for Homeland Security, every dollar. It's only the illegal amnesty that you uh, are holding this up over. The Republicans haven't stopped the budget. It's solely the Democrats who have voted to stop the budget to protect rewarding criminal immigrants.
7: Not only that, they stopped the bill from even being debated. Mm -hmm. So, but you nobody know, I knows guess,
5: that because the weaselly, gutless, cowardly, pro-illegal uh, immigration, corporate bootlicking Republicans have done their job and let the Repub- president get what he
7: wants. Yeah, I, you know, we may. I, I think there's, you know, I admit the chances are slim, but I think <laughs> there's still there still could be derailed, derailed if if members, you Not know, just kind of have a temper tantrum. I, I don't. think... I do think that is unlikely. But you
5: know They've lost the fight because they've let this be about DHS instead of being about amnesty. If it were about amnesty, they'd have sixty percent of the American people on their side and Democratic senators would be cowering. Instead it's about uh DHS and the Republicans are gonna lose. But Jessica Vaughn I love your naivete. I do. I love <laughs> your precious it's optimism. optimism. It's so Come sweet. On, it's so sweet. You're, by the way, do you still sing with uh, the Von Traps on the weekend? Is that still you? And <laughs> Lethal and Hansel and Monzel and Janzel? are you still all doing that? <laughs> Jessica Vaughn, my good friend, 844-404-1067. I am Uncle Graham.
2: The legal alien dreamer that murdered my son only served four months of an eight-month sentence for assault with a deadly weapon and battery on a police officer. He was released from the county jail the day before he executed my son. Why was this violent, illegal alien allowed to walk the streets of America instead of being deported? Do black lives really matter, or does it matter only if you are shot by a white person or a white policeman? I see and hear black politicians, black athletes, black stars say, hands up, don't shoot. My son was shot in the head by an illegal alien game banger while he lay on his back with his hands up. He still shot him through his hand into his head and killed him.
5: It's ten thirty-six. Ah oh, yeah, Michael Graham, that is the father of Jamil Shaw testifying before Congress yesterday about the impact of welcoming criminal immigrants into the United States. What it did to his then 17 year old son who was murdered for being black, by the way, the guy who killed him, killed him because he was black, because he thought he might be in another rival gang because the 17 year old had a Spider-Man backpack. And so he killed him. And as the dad pointed out, not only is the guy here, he shouldn't be here because he's here illegally. He's a 23 year old gang member that was rewarded with special status under President Obama's uh, Dreamer Act. But he had been in jail before violent attack and he'd only gotten eight months and only served four months. It is so bad when it comes to protecting American citizens versus rewarding people who break the rules that President Obama has announced that any ICE officer who's caught enforcing the law, you know, doing his job will be punished for it. If I catch you, he says, I expect my ICE officers to follow this guidance and you will ignore the law and you will let people stay. And now so my question is, and obviously there are thousands of stories like this of kids who were run over and dragged to their deaths by drunk um, illegal immigrants in Massachusetts and women who were raped uh, repeatedly and murdered by illegal immigrants in Texas and Louisiana and California and on and on, and on. not to mention the drug trade, the gun trade, the uh, the number of gang members in the United States who are here illegally uh, helping funnel drugs and guns and violence back and forth across borders. My question is for the president who says, hey, these gangbangers are already Americans, except they don't have their papers. These illegal immigrants, hey, we believe in the rule of law. We're a nation of laws, but we're going to find a way to keep you here. What do you say to this dad? What do you say to the guy who went down to apply for a job as a landscaper or a bricklayer or a roofer? And was turned away because there was somebody there working off the books doing his job. What do you say to the Americans? What do you say to the legal immigrants who are suffering because of this? 844-404-1067. I want to hear from you. Or maybe you think, whatever, Michael. What's, it's, just, what's, it's just the law. No big deal. Come on. Stop being a hater. Everybody gets to come. Rob, you're on the air with Michael Graham.
3: Hey, how you doing, Rob? Right, Michael? Doing fine, sir. I've got a question for you, though. Are Americans willing to pay a lot more money for all these services? That's uh, the question we got to ask. Are we willing to go after John Whelan for hiring these folks when we put these big shots in jail who are hiring these folks? I'm, with you. Like I'm with you
5: there completely. I want everybody I mean, who hires illegal immigrants to be prosecuted. But, I think but there should be $1,000. Who's,
3: who's paying these politicians, these, these, uh, who's put, uh, giving money to these PACs? Yep. John Whelan. It's these rich folks who profit from this illegal immigration. Okay, it's not just the rich, rich
5: folks. It's also the race-based haters who say that America's borders are a hate crime, and everyone who wants to come to the United States should be able to stay. It's also far-left politicians like Mayor Kasim Reed, who's told black young black men, I don't care if you have a job. I want your like job to go to illegal immigration. We want
3: our vegetables to rise double the Kroger's. Do Do we have to pay people more. Uh, well, I'm, the- worked, I'm a migrant worker. I was a migrant worker for mm-hmm about 15 years and I joined the military. I spent 29 years in the military. I'm going to retire and understand this. I've been through that. I've been to where people have been working in the, in the field
4: Dude, and things like that. And, and that's some hard I, work for it is, a little money. I,
5: and I cropped tobacco all and, summer long, so you summer know, you after know what I'm summer. Talking about? I do. And you know what? I did it. Not some illegal immigrant guy did it. The geekiest white guy east in the Mississippi did it. Uh, but I, you know what? If we decide that having a country like every other country has, if we have decided that America can have borders like every other country has, because right now we can't right now, we're the only country on the planet that's not allowed to have a border. If we do that and somehow, you know, a head of lettuce costs five bucks, then we can talk about legal immigration. But that is not, I'm sorry, that is no justification. What's happening right now is that illegal immigrants are stealing jobs from Americans and driving down wages And those Americans can't find a decent job. Those young African black and Hispanic Americans can't get the entry level job. And then they end up on welfare. And the the longer it takes you to start your working career, the more likely you are never to really start it, to never have full time work, to only have part time and to have government assistance. So at every level, this sucks for America. It sucks for for this dad whose son is dead. By the way. Did you see any of that uh, testimony on your news last night? Anyone watching NBC or CNN would ever see this guy talking about his son shot in the head by a gangbanging dreamer uh, kid? No. The networks didn't show it because they have no interest in the reality. They want you to stick with the dream. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody in the whole world could just come here and we could all live happy? What's the problem? And, you know, every day America shows that there's not a problem with immigration. Every day Americans, who's, you know some who are from Italy and some who are from Africa and some who are from Mexico and some who are from Ireland, all go to work and they hang out together. They go to each other's restaurants and they uh, send the, their kids to the same school. There is no problem with the melting pot. We are happy to melt. The problem is the cheaters and the impact the cheaters have. And it's real live impact with real live dead Americans, real live unemployed men, real live triple unemployment rates for young black guys in Atlanta. Real live people suffer. But those people are not anybody the politicians care about. They're more interested in the political uh, win of having uh, race based voters cast their ballots for a certain party and you
0: pay the price. Michael Graham now, and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067.
4: Young people who had come here and were Americans in, in all respects, except they didn't have the proper papers. It's ten forty
5: seven. Ah oh, yeah, Michael Graham, that's President Obama with his exceptionalism. You're everyone in the world is already an American except they don't have their papers. The White House also posted on their website yesterday, quote, they're not immigrants, they're quote Americans in waiting, close quote. Americans in waiting. So everyone in the world is also just waiting. Just they just happen to not have shown up yet. So is that the new euphemism? I remember when it went from illegal aliens. To illegal immigrants, to undocumented immigrants, to undocumented migrants, to I'm not making this up, um, unauthorized entrance, unauthorized entrance. Isn't that what you call a burglar? And now the new one is Americans in waiting. Well, what about the law, Mr. President? What about the law that you swore to uphold? What about the law that we, through the democratic process, because we're Americans and we get to vote, what about the laws
4: we pass? What about those? We're a nation of laws, but we're also respecting the fact that we're a nation of immigrants.
5: We're a nation of laws, but... And the but is bigger than your silly laws. 844 4041067 Doug, you're on the air. Thanks for the call.
3: Hey, Michael, how are you today? Fine, sir. Uh, I just wanted to say that from my perspective, what we have today is de facto amnesty. What we need to do is go ahead and make sure that we get fingerprints. There are some bad people that are going to do some bad things so let's get fingerprints let's get driver's license let's figure out who's here because right now we don't even know who is here how many of them are here
5: oh you're absolutely right about that so we do that we say as of friday everybody who's here gets to be here we get your fingerprints get you lined up and you get to stay uh doug what do you do with the guy who sneaks in on saturday
3: he doesn't get there has to be a line. There's going to be somebody that's the last one through the really? door. And there's going to be someone that's the first one through. That's are, what happened with the deferred action.
5: Are, are there going to be, will that person who sneaks in Saturday be deported?
3: You, you If you want to be a nation of laws, Doug, you have to start Doug, with the, will yeah. the
5: guy who sneaks in the day after you give amnesty, will he get deported?
3: If we have a different president.
5: <laughs> Doug, they're never going to deport him because deportation is immoral. Their argument is that we have a, as as Mayor Reid has signed on, a human right to live in America, if they choose. A uh, second question for you, Doug. Once you finish granting amnesty to the people who are here illegally, what do you say in your email to all the people who the, who are waiting in line in other countries, waiting for their visa or their green card to come through before they come to the U.S.? What do you say to all those people?
3: Well, and there's no question you have to strengthen the border, and that has to be a part of it. But the politicians right now are are keeping the status quo. They're not doing anything about anything.
5: But what do you say to the people who are waiting right now to come legally? They're waiting for their turn. What do you say to them?
3: The same thing we've been saying, wait your turn. But
5: why would they wait their turn? You're giving everyone amnesty. Aren't you making them total suckers and chumps? They're not
3: already in this country. They're not already working. They're not already contributing to our
5: economy. So because they didn't cheat, they get screwed, and they don't get the same deal that we gave the cheaters. Okay, that's... That's an argument. That's a way. That's a system we could have right there. That's OK. So Doug says you're if you paid all the uh, money, if you Doug says you went to the U.S. Embassy in your country, Doug says you are like sucks to be you. If only you'd been smarter and broken the law and come to the U.S. and cheated and worked off the books and committed tax fraud and stolen a job. Then then we could help you out. But sorry, sucks to be you. I uh, so the question is. And by the way, that is, that is the real problem. The natural truth about illegal immigration is this. The people who are supporting amnesty today are never going to support enforcing the law ever. We will never get the same enforcement that Mexico and Ireland and China and Australia and Yugoslavia, well, there's no Yugoslavia, but we're never going to get the same enforcement that every other country has, ever. Because they're not going to support it. They're, they're always going to say that it's immoral. As the president said, we have laws, but we have other stuff too. And the big but is always going to sit on the enforcement. It's always going to crush it. And that's, and, and just, that's just. (laughs) You heard it from Doug. Doug supports Amnesty, and even he said, that's eh, never going to Yeah, exactly. Well, if we get a different president, oh, really? I know that it doesn't matter to the politicians who are in charge, but I just am. My dad had a guy who worked at his TV shop in Columbia, South Carolina, who was here legally from Eastern Europe. He was thrilled to have the job he was the greatest employee fantastic and his visa work permit ran out and he had to leave the country and leave the job and my dad did everything wrote us senators i wrote us senators with everything we could i'm sorry yep. you're and the, here's what and, and the message we got at every turn was well why are you obeying the law what are you stupid And my dad, who's an evangelical Christian, said, well, I'm not going to break the law. And the guy who's an honorable person says, this isn't my country. I'm not going to break your laws. And everybody told the same thing. Well, then you're an idiot. What's wrong with you for obeying the laws? Are you stupid? Listen to Doug. Listen to Mayor Reed. Listen to President Obama. Just break the rules and cheat. That's the thing to do. Just steal everything you can. Just do it. But when the day came and his visa ran out and he couldn't be here in the United States legally, he went across the border to Canada where he got got a visa to go to Canada, and he spent years waiting for permission for permanent residency in the United States. And finally, he just gave up. And this great, hardworking, taxpaying, legal immigrant was kicked out of the country by one thing, his character. That's the only thing that kicked him out. His character. He was a guy who obeyed the rules and was grateful for the chance to come to the United States and respected the people of the United States. So what does that tell you about the people who stay illegally? Their character does not prevent them from coming here. Their character does not in any way slow them down. Their character says, damn straight, I'm here to steal. What can I steal? Give me more to steal. I ain't obeying any rules. You got to catch me. And even when you do catch me, I'm not going gonna, gonna to ignore you anyway. I'm going to come back again. And again, like President Obama's uncle. Who was repeatedly deported and ordered deported and just kept coming back? screw you that's the character of the people that the president is uh, willing to shut down our homeland security in order to reward that's the character of the guy that our politicians in Washington are willing to leave the border patrol unfunded and leave homeland security unfunded because they've got to reward that guy and the guy who gets punished. Is my dad's former employee who did it right. No, once again, who's on his side? <laughs> who's on the side of the businesses run by people who won't hire illegal immigrants, who won't pay off the books? Who's on your side? Right now you're getting beaten up by competitors who are paying people off the books and scamming the system, not holding taxes, and who's on your side? And, you know, it's a lame o talk show host at Who's <laughs> Radio One O six seven, and that's pretty much it. And I think it sucks. You can email me, Michael, at com. You can also find me on Twitter, I am M Graham. You're going to hear, uh, you've been hearing a lot about it, and in particular today, you can hear a lot about it. Net neutrality. For normal people like us who just want to go online, Google search stuff, watch our Netflix, and surf porn when the wife's out of town, what is this going to mean for us? I'm going to give you all the natural truth you need about net neutrality, whether or not it's good Or bad, And we're going to take a walk down memory lane. I'm hoping those of you who like me remember what it was like to pay for long distance service. Those of you remember when you couldn't make long distance calls or you'd call like at midnight because the rate was lower. I'm hoping you will help me remind our younger friends about that because they have no clue. And that's why they're not worried about net neutrality because they don't know just how badly government can screw a quote public utility up. All part of the conversation, you can be part of it too. I'm Michael Graham at News Radio
0: 1067.
2: The BBC and the Washington Post are reporting this morning that Mwazi is a native of Kuwait who grew up in a well-to-do family in West London. He's a college graduate with a degree in computer programming.
3: Part of this is visceral. Yes. We have a community organizer dealing with a commando, and they just don't, they're not on the same wavelength.
4: Young people who had come here and were Americans in, in all respects, except they didn't have the proper papers. This
0: is The Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067.
1: I actually did vote for the $87 billion before I voted against it.
5: It's 1106 and News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show. And we're going to talk about the net neutrality uh, vote that's going to happen today. Uh, straight down partisan lines, three Democrats are going to vote to have the government take over the internet as a uh, regulated industry, a utility, and two Republicans are going to vote no. But pretty much everything you need to know about net neutrality is in this one sentence from. Uh, Republican FCC member Ajit Pai.
3: If you like your current service plan, the FCC shouldn't take it away from you.
5: Absolutely. If you like your current plan, you should be able to keep your current plan. Uh, and unfortunately, you won't. I'll put it this way. The FCC promises you will be able to keep exactly what you've got the same way that the uh, Washington promised that you'd be able to keep your Health insurance and your doctor, if you liked your health insurance and doctor too. But there's other stuff going on in the world. There is terrorism. According to the uh, top US intelligence official today, 2014 will have been the most lethal year for global terrorism in the 45 years such data has been compiled. So obviously there were years before that where we, it was worse, but we just didn't have the numbers. But 45 years ago, we started tracking deaths and attacks uh, in the name of terror And 2014, a record year. In 2013, about 11,500 worldwide attacks killed about 22,000 people. But just in the first nine months of 2014, 13,000 attacks killed 31,000 people. And so John Kerry hears those numbers. Worst year for terrorism ever since we started recording it. And John Kerry's answer is, what, me worry?
1: Our world today is actually, despite ISIL, despite the visible killings that you see and how horrific they are, we are actually living in a period of less daily threat to Americans and to people in the world than normally. Less deaths, less violent deaths today then through the last century
5: which is once again the same day that the white house was announcing you have this is the most dangerous year for terrorism and terror deaths since we started keeping track of it 45 years ago so john Kerry says what are you worried about
1: we are actually living in a period of less daily threat
5: what about the three terror suspects they just caught in new york one of whom said he wanted to kill President Obama and the three of whom are trying to travel to uh, the Middle East so they could participate.
1: We are actually living in a period of less daily threat.
5: And the announcement today that there are now extremists in all 50 states who are ISIS supporters and either want to go fight with ISIS or are supporting ISIS. We, it was 49 states. We just added they found a cell or they found some activity in Alaska. Uh, Secretary Kerry.
1: We are actually living in a period of less daily threat.
5: 221 Christians were just taken hostage in the past 48 hours. Uh, Senator, Secretary Kerry.
1: We are actually living in a period of less daily threat.
5: Charlie Hebdo, the French uh, restaurant, the attacks on the synagogue. Uh, any of this ringing a bell, Secretary Kerry?
1: We are actually living in a period of... Of less daily threat
5: okay I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page and as far as uh, Iran worrying about Iran don't worry about Iran so if they go nuclear what's the big deal and forget Benjamin Netanyahu after all as Secretary Kerry points out we all know how stupid the leader of Israel is
1: the Prime Minister as you recall was profoundly forward-leaning and outspoken about the importance of invading iraq under george w bush and we all know what happened with that decision yeah and,
5: and who was that u.s senator from massachusetts who voted in favor of invading iraq Who was that u.s senator who supported the invasion of iraq what was his name in fact he was so supportive of it he voted for 87 billion dollars of funding so that we could fight the war in Iraq. Who was that U.S. Senator? Senator Kerry, Secretary Kerry, it's ringing a bell.
1: I actually did vote for the $87 billion oh, okay. before I voted against it. Oh,
5: okay, this is fine. And, the, I, and I said the world was dangerous before I decided that it wasn't dangerous. Yeah, who, who am I to argue with you? I'm with George Will. I'm going to side with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. As opposed to uh, the Obama administration when it comes
3: to Israel and terrorism. Part of this is visceral. Yes. We have a community organizer dealing with a commando, and they just don't, they're (laughs) not on the same wavelength.
5: That may be the best description of world foreign policy right now. We have a community organizer dealing with a commando in Israel, a thug in Syria, Islamist whack job terrorists in Iran. Uh, openly hostile criminal beheaders in ISIS, a power hungry, fearless nationalist in Russia and on and on and on and on and on. And And we send out the community organizer. And then we wonder why things turn out the way they did. And what are we going to do to stop that terrorism Marie Harf, the spokesperson for this, the State Department who works with John Kerry, she knows how to stop that terrorism.
1: We need in the longer term, medium and longer term, to go after the root causes Absolutely. that leads people to join these groups. Whether it's lack of opportunity for
5: jobs. Lack of opportunity for jobs. That's why the terrorists are killing us. Because they don't have jobs. Like, for example, the uh, jihadi Johnny, the guy who talks during the beheadings. He's kind of like the celebrity poster child for ISIS right now. Well, we now know who this jobless, destitute fellow is.
2: The BBC and the Washington Post are reporting this morning that Mwazi is a native of Kuwait who grew up in a well-to-do family in West London. Currently in his mid-20s, he's a college graduate with a degree in computer programming. He reportedly went to Syria to join ISIS just three years ago.
5: No wonder. When you're a destitute member of a wealthy family with a degree in uh programming when you're living in the affluent suburbs of london with your college degree no wonder marie harf is right if only somebody found this guy a job it's clear that it was his lack of opportunity to become more wealthy than his already being wealthy did that's what did it well had nothing to do with religion No, no 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 he was a destitute wealthy computer programmer with a college degree of course if only we'd found him a job. 844-4041067 is the phone number. So what is the deal with net neutrality and why should you care? What difference will it make on your laptop, your smartphone, and your cable TV?
0: Michael Graham now and the camera at noon on News Radio 1067.
5: It's 1118, I ah, am yeah. Michael Graham. So glad you're here. We're just 30 minutes away from giving away free lunch. Speaking of which, we're trying to decide, but normally on the lunch line we play some audio and you finish the line. you have been listening or rewards you as a listener. Um, Wellesleyan Univers- Wesleyan, excuse me, Wesleyan University is one of the most expensive, elite, private colleges in America. And they've given us something that may work its way into the lunch line. Uh, They have student housing and in their uh, student housing, uh, you know, website, whatever. They post what kind of housing that they have now. uh, The one form of housing that they don't allow is male only frats. That's that's banned. You can't have a male only house because that's too controversial. But Wesleyan College in Connecticut does. Well, here I'll just read it to you. Open house, which is one of the like a you know it's, it's like a fraternity house, but it's not. It's like a you know a house house, but it's for open to people. Is a safe space for the LGBT TQQF AGPBDSM community. LGBT, we're all together on that one, right? We know that one, LGBT got that. T Q Q. I'm at least one Q short here. I got one Q, but I don't have F A G. No, that's just those are the letters happen to be in order. Has nothing. Don't assert anything there. P B D S M. I think I got the S M, and I know I've got the L G B T. I'm pretty good on a Q. So I'm thinking about having our lunch line today. Be if you can fill out all the rest of those letters for me because I'm. I mean, I'm not a prude. Yes, I went to, hey, I went to a school with the word oral in the name, okay? You know, like they used to say back in the day, Graham put the oral in Oral Roberts. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not a prude here. But, I mean, I've even dated sorority girls. So, yeah, exactly. But I'm still lost on the LGBT TQQF. TQQ. AGPB. DS a- a- Anyway, so stay tuned. We haven't decided yet. We may just do the regular lunch line, but we may do the politically correct throwdown. Uh, it's the, L- like I said, that community. It's a safe space for that community to live on the campus of Wesleyan College where parents spend almost $40,000 a year. To make sure their kids know what LGBTQQFAGPDBSM stands for. That's hard to say. And I can still do um, two, uh, two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. I can still do that. And I still can't get through, through this. Okay. Some of you are listening to me on the internet. Unless Brandon screwed it up again and you can't. Uh, well, yesterday people couldn't listen. Don't look at me like that. Um, some of you are listening to me on the interwebs right now because when you log on your computer or you log on your turn on your smartphone and you hook up to wi-fi or you use your cell 4g connection whatever the uh, bytes come flowing in and you're able to work on your computer at work and have the internet radio running or maybe you're listening on iheart radio or RDO, and so you're able to do that at the same time and that's absolutely great And the reason why you're able to do that is because the amount of stuff you want on your screen, whether it's your little smartphone in your pocket or whether it's your big 90-inch flat panel TV, it all comes through the good old digital pipe. Whether it's a fiber optic line or a cable line or whether it's a Wi-Fi signal that's connected to one of those, there's a pipe of bytes, bits, that you want. And as Mark Cuban points out, bits are bits, and they take up space whether you like it or not.
3: All of a sudden, if there is no such thing as a prioritized bit, then all that digital television going through the same pipe, all those voters who like to get Fox News or MSNBC, they're going to freak out, you know, because you're going to have to go to their website to get it, or you're going to have to have a special box that identifies the channels and brings it to you.
5: Right now, everybody shoves their bits on the, in the pipe. And whether it's Michaelgram.com and my little you know website, or whether it's you know Drudge, or whether it's NBC and their full motion video, or Netflix. Netflix is a big, big example. They all have to fit down that pipe. Well here's the problem: The pipe isn't big enough. And so at some point, somebody's going to have to do something about the pipe not being big enough. What I would do is nothing. Because the day is going to happen when I log on to my ATT, and I'm an ATT Uverse customer, and I'm going to try to watch my Netflix, and it's going to stutter. It's going to buffer. Don't you hate that when I have it? And I'm going to call ATT Uverse and go, whoa, what's this crap? If you don't fix this, I'm going to go to somebody else. One day I'm going to have my smartphone. And I'm going to try to watch a movie on my smartphone using whatever app, and it's going to stutter. And I'm going to call Verizon. I'm going to say, hey, Verizon, I'm going to Sprint. This stutters. Well, Washington's not going to let that happen. Today, Washington's going to vote instead to make everybody's phone stutter and to make everybody's cable TV stutter because they're not going to let the private cable Wi-Fi companies work it out. See, the private cable Wi-Fi companies, they want to keep you happy. And so they work, they cut deals with big content providers or they tell people who are selling stuff over the web, like, for example, Netflix and Amazon. Netflix and Amazon exist because of the interwebs, right? Well, sometimes of there's sometimes a day where 30% of the entire interweb capacity in the U.S. is taken up by Netflix and Amazon by themselves. So some one of the cable companies might go to Netflix and say, guys, if you want to keep not stuttering, you're going to have to pay, you know, more to get your content prioritized. And if you want to pass that along to your customers, that's fine. Or if you want to, you know, eat that as an expense, that's fine, but you're going to have to. And then we're going to take that money, that extra money, and we're going to build out more capacity because we want to keep our customers because we know Michael Graham sitting at home will not sit and watch Amazon prime or Netflix or Hulu if it's stuttering, but no, 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 no. The solution is going to be, Net neutrality, which is going to order the cable companies. You can't pick anyone's cable over someone else. And not only that, because you're a regulated um, uh, 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 utility, you can't change your pricing unless you can show us that it's reasonable. Well, what's unreasonable pricing? Well, I'll give you a perfect example. Zero rating. What is zero rating and how does it affect you and your kids on your spiffy iPhones? T-Mobile's Music Freedom Plan is an example of what's known to policy wonks as zero rating. Basically, that means your wireless provider promises not to count one app or
0: group of apps against your monthly data cap. That may sound like a good deal for consumers, because who doesn't like free data? But critics like Barbara Vanschivik say there's a problem.
7: I think zero rating is the next big threat to innovation and free speech online.
0: Van Vanschivik teaches at Stanford Law School. She says the problem with some zero rating plans is that they create an unlevel playing field where
5: wireless companies could favor their own video services, for example, or strike business deals with other big companies.
7: That distorts competition, interferes with user choice, And that's exactly what network neutrality is designed to protect.
5: And I love the fact that she says it. That's exactly what net neutrality is about. Right now, there are people who are listening to their music on their phones with certain providers for free. They can stream all the music they want for free. And net neutrality says, hell no, you can't. You can't do that. You can't enter a special arrangement with one music provider. What about all the other music providers? And it says to the music providers, you can't enter an agreement with Sprint. What about Verizon? And so all these happy customers who are getting free music as part of their deal are about to have that taken away. Remember
3: what we said about if you like your current plan? If you like your current service plan, the SEC shouldn't take it away from you.
5: But that's exactly what they're going to do because it's not fair. It's not neutral. Some companies give you good deals that you like, and other companies can't match that deal. So we have to take away the good deal that you like because we have to control that pipe and make sure everything is, quote, fair and neutral. Man, is this going to suck. And we haven't even gotten to the worst part of it yet. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. Your take on net neutrality. I am Michael Graham.